The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. I'm not so ignorant that I don't know what date today is. Today, as this show airs, is September 11th. It was on 9-11 back in 2001. It was a Tuesday. I know it, remember it very well. I was actually on Manhattan Island that day. Uh, we're not going to be talking about that today, though, but in, in upcoming weeks, we will be talking about something. I got it in the queue, so um, uh, Imran, and you can let Daniel know, and I'll let David know and if we don't end up talking about it in, in, in our recording session here. Uh, talk about what does the church do when there's tragedy? So that will be something we're talking about, but we're not talking about that today because I want us to kind of finish our elongated series that we've been on. Are you a good enough parent? Are you a good enough husband, good enough wife? Are you a good enough child of your parents? Are you good enough? The answer is no, but we can make you better if you'll just follow the advice of these biblical principles that we, we talk about here. We've been doing this now for a couple of months of shows, actually. I've, I've, I haven't counted them, but there's been quite a few shows on issues related to parenting and, and marriage and that sort of thing. And we've been using as our guide for that the materials that are available through Conquered by Love Ministries. They have a website, conqueredbylove.org, and that is an organization founded by Imran Razvi. And Imran is uh, a regular fixture. Oh, and, oh, I, yeah, I don't want to forget uh, uh, the, the the better half, the better looking half for sure. Um, yeah, your, your wife was involved in founding that as well, and I and and Daniel's involved in working with it too now, and he's not on the panel. The whole family's been involved with uh, everything from making the books and distributing and and really uh, going all over the country and speaking about it. Our whole family has been involved, but Tammy and I really are the ones that are behind getting the books and and uh, getting the material out there. So we do not have David Forsey with us, uh, at least for for this show, and we'll see if we have him in, in the next couple of shows that are coming up. And we don't have Daniel with us. He's uh, he's like, I don't know, drinking fresh water out of Lake Tahoe at the moment, I believe. Yes. Like, that's really exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to hear him debrief us on that. But joined, uh, joining us this week is is a good friend, I guess, of of, of the Razvies, and he's also a uh, involved in, in a house church up in Pennsylvania in Adams County area. And uh, Steve Yeager, he's an elder with a, a group of, I, I guess it's like five different locations that you kind of rotate. So it's like the Rotisserie League uh, uh, house church organization. They call themselves uh, the Shabbat Gathering. And so, Adams well, in, 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 didn't I say Adams County? Okay. In Adams County, in, in, up in Pennsylvania. So uh, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. So you can correct all the things we've gotten wrong in all the previous weeks, talking about parenting and marriage and all that sort of stuff. Um, today, this is an area that I that I remember because years ago now, uh, before Imran became a regular fixture on the Faith Debate Panel, uh, he was a guest years ago when we were talking about uh, – I, I can't remember why we were. But we were talking about health issues and food and eating and nutrition, those sorts of things. And I know this is a real passion point for you, so this might be a fun show for you. <laughs> and that will make it a fun show for us. So there are some – there are a couple of books that uh, um, Conquered by Love has, has out there that re- relate to uh, healthy families. Uh, Living Without Sugar and Healthy Meals It Still Tastes Good, Learn How to Transform Your Diet and Eat Healthier. So let me ask you this – when did this become your focus? Because this isn't the thing that you start talking to Christians and they're going to talk about the importance of the Trinity. They're going to talk about the, the importance of obedience and, you know, spare the rot, spoil the child, you know, and then the husband should treat the wife like the, the Christ treats the bride of Christ and all these 
rarely, like way, way, way down on the list would be the idea of the family eating well. So where, how did that end up striking you? Well, it was mostly my wife. I'm not the best at eating well. But uh, when we adopted um, uh, children, we realized that their diet was abysmal. It was very terrible. And when we cut sugar out, their whole behavior changed. It's sort of like if you have a race car, you got to put really high-octane gas in there. If you put low-octane gas or bad gas, the race car is not going to run. So the same thing with our bodies. If we're putting bad things inside of it, then how are we going to actually be closer to God or, or be able to think properly and act properly and, and be functional as God intended us to be? So my wife uh, cut out all sugar as the first thing we did when we adopted, and we saw an immediate change in behavior. Um, it was it was remarkable. And then also we made sure that there was no music except classical music. So we feel that's a very important part of healthy living as well. We'll talk about music in a different show later when Daniel's here. But um, those two things were the first things we did, and and it was amazing the visible difference in behavior, attention span, and, and just the relationship between us and the adopted children. So what was the um, impetus to remove the sugar, just kind of? Observation: You noticed that when they had something with high sugar content, their behavior was exacerbated, and you're like, ooh, let's – and then you, you were able to see the cause and effect, and that is that what led it? Because there's not a biblical verse I can think of that says, thou shall not eat sugar. <laughs> so we, we I read an article that uh, the U.S. population consumes more sugar than any other population in the world by pounds and tens, of, tens and hundreds of pounds more sugar. Um, and we have an obesity problem in this in this country. So all those things, we, we wanted to live healthier. And my wife was was feeling that she felt better when she didn't have sugar. But almost all the foods in, in the U.S. have some sort of sugar in it. So we started looking around and, and doing that. And then we saw a, a drastic difference in behavior in the children. And, again, she was the homeschool mom. And I was working outside the house. So she was much more in tune with what's happening with the children. And so she realized that that's what we do. So we went more to natural sugars first. Instead of uh, sugar cane, we went to honey as a sweetener. And even from honey, we kind of eliminate that because we found out we really don't need. We went to just uh, fruits, uh, even honey. But honey, we found, is, is still okay. It's, it's good. There's a lot of good properties about honey. But we went to actually to only natural fruits as any sweeteners for, for a long time and really helped our children, I think, grow healthier and be much in much better mental health and ability to listen and observe and, and do things that we wanted them to do. Yeah, that's the voice of Imran Razvi. Let me pull uh, Steve Yeager uh, into the conversation. Is this something that's been an area of focus for you and the church group that you're involved with or, or not? That's a very good question because part of ma- migrating out of mainstream Christianity and going into more of a home ch- uh, church type of setting, there's other aspects of life that kind of come in with that. And uh, my wife and I felt that we always wanted some land and be able to kind of grow our own food and grow, you know, have our animals. And it took a long time to get to that point. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's something that's uh, had to be planned for. And so, you know, when you have your animals, your cows, your chickens, your fresh eggs, your stuff out of the garden, um, it's uh, much healthier for you. Um, as Imran said, you look at the American food and what's on the label, you, you take half the package to read what's on it and all the chemicals and everything that's in it. Yeah, one of my wife's uh, favorite little catchphrases is, 
not so much anymore because uh, my daughter now is actually uh, at least as devoted to healthy eating as my wife is, which is saying something. <laughs> uh, and I say at least. She might uh, – I wouldn't imagine somebody could beat my wife out on this. But if anybody does that I know, it's my daughter. So it's not not appropriate. When my daughter was younger, she wasn't quite the way that she is now as an adult. And uh, so my wife would kind of rebuke her and say, honey, there's no food in your food (laughs) (laughs) because it's all chemicals and and stuff, right? And like you said, all these multi-syllabic words, you're like, I have no idea. If you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't eat it. (laughs) So both sugar and salt are are, um, taste enhancers. But when you have uh, fresh vegetables from your garden and meat that you know where it came and what it ate, the tastes are already very strong. You don't need to do all the sugars and salts to... to well, it's interesting. Yeah, they, they are taste enhancers, but the way I've seen most people, like I'll use, you know, throw under the bus right now. My mom, she loves her salt and she loves things that are really spicy. And so she'll load things up with salt and or she'll load things up with really hot, spicy stuff, which yeah, that's probably fine, I would imagine. I don't know. You'll, she should come to our house. We love yeah, spicy. Yeah. But the, my point is those aren't just... The way, if you do it the way that some people, like my mom sometimes does it, you're not really enhancing the flavors. You're burying the flavor. And so I grew up in a house that was loaded with all sorts of salty stuff. And so when I got married, my wife has a much simpler uh, way, you know, as far as she's using the natural flavors and enhancing those. I had, this sounds like an exaggeration. I had no idea what food really tasted like because everything, you know, the old cliche, it tastes like chicken. To me, everything tasted like salt. Everything tasted like salt. And then I'd have green beans. This is what green beans taste like. You know, this is what uh, asparagus tastes like. I had no idea. And I've come to a pre- – now we have people that come to the house for a meal or something, and a lot of them don't always appreciate the food because they're so used to the salt and the sauces and the, the spice or whatever. And, and, they're, and they're like, oh, this is kind of bland. I'm like, no, this is what it's supposed to taste like. Although you go, it sounds like you are involved, uh, Steve, in growing some of your own food. Yes. And I know the the Rasbys do some of that as well. Yes. Uh, that's different than going to the store because a tomato out of your own garden doesn't taste the same as a tomato from the grocery store. So in fairness, do people have an excuse to throw a little bit of uh, salt on their tomato because it's so plastic tasting at the store? Well, don't forget, a lot of our vegetables in the wintertime come from California or Florida. So they have to be picked very green. And to make the uh, sh- shipping time across the country and to be redistributed within the local stores. So, you know, my grandmother used to can. She would tomatoes out of the garden, beans, all the, and we would go and spend summers at my grandma's house and they would be canning from morning till night because that's what sustained you through the wintertime. She grew up in the Depression as, as, uh, um, you know, in the Depression era. And so things, you had to think ahead, you had to prepare, and you had to be able to set aside your stock. Because, uh, unfortunately, we as a culture are much more dependent on what we can just go to the grocery store and buy what we want. And that could be a whole other conversation on uh, the... How risky that is, because the supply chain isn't... Uh, it. It's very... When, it, when it's well-oiled and humming along, it's very efficient and, and does a really great job, but it's amazingly fragile. So it doesn't take much 
to disrupt that chain. And once it's disrupted, boy, as we saw, like, you know, was famous infamously now a couple of years ago, nobody could find toilet paper. You know, heck, right now even, good luck finding a brand new car that you want <laughs> without having to wait months for it to be made and sent to you or whatever, you know. So um, I want to swing back to something you hinted at earlier, Imran, in the very first uh, salvo that you offered onto the show, talking about you noticed the change in the behavior of the kids. So many times uh, you talk about we have an obesity issue in this country. We do. Uh, we have a gluttony problem in general, but then that's that's exacerbated by what we're gluttonous in, in, in consuming with all the, the sugar and, and salt and stuff. But that leads to the behavior. And so we have so many kids now. We have kind of a ADHD epidemic almost in, in the country, it seems, sometimes. It's like, caused by sugar. And I was going to say, we're putting them on like Ritalin or I'm not sure what the uh, in vogue drug of choices these days but we're putting them on these uh, these psychotropic kind of drugs to control their mood to control their 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 brain synapses firing or whatever and all we might need to do is give them an apple instead of some high fructose corn syrup <laughs> drink right <laughs> yep so and, and we found that the fruits really did not have the great big highs and lows that any of the sugar products did and so we had lots of snacks but it always was fruits and it makes a difference. And even our bodies will convert, you know, breads and everything else, all all the, uh, um, all that to sugar, anyways. So it, it's just more even. But when you have an actual sugar cane, it's this really big spike, and then you have a fall. So it does create behavior problems, uh, concentration problems, and really rebellion because it's an addiction. And when they didn't get it, there was a problem. In fact, we. Um, mentored a couple of my uh, nieces and nephews. They came to our house and they're like, you only allow us to have one snack, one sugar thing a day? And that was in the beginning. Now, and then we went to no sugar at all completely. So it's, it's just a different lifestyle. And, they, and it was hard to go from having sugar at your fingertips all the time to nothing. And the other thing, too, is you, uh, it's not just that they get hyped up and energized by the sugar, but then there's also the crash. So they might act out because they're just bouncing off the walls with a sugar buzz, and then later on they're they're acting out because they're they're tired, they're they're moody, they're they're you know they're they're dragging, and so they're grumpy, and so they might be a little more sassy or something because the the the, uh, the ups and downs, the mood swings that come with that. So I wonder how many. Uh, we're not going to get any sponsorship from Pfizer on this show anytime soon. I guess. I wonder how many like Pfizer products would be <laughs> unnecessary if we would just eat better foods. Yeah, and and also corn syrup, huge. I mean, and that's worse than sugar, I think, it, right? It is, especially with the GMO corn and and things like that. There's a lot of allergies, a lot of problems that corn causes, and having that in everything. I mean, literally, our country has corn syrup in just about every product. In fact, the same product in Europe or in Asia or in South America does not has actual cane sugar in as opposed to corn syrup, um, and. It's just because a lot of those countries realize that that corn syrup is really detrimental to people's health. Yeah, and GMO, genetically modified is what you're talking about there, right? Yeah, because I think, isn't it, I don't know if it's folklore or true or not, but apparently in Mexico, the Coca-Cola you buy there actually has sugar Absolutely, it's it's true. In fact, you can buy Mexican Coke here that has sugar in it. They're not allowed to bottle Coca-Cola in the U.S. without corn syrup. They have to use corn syrup. They actually pass, they have some law or something that, that prohibited uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi from bottling with without corn syrup in this country. Now, when I was younger, I definitely noticed 
you know, when I was a, a young guy in my teens and 20s and very physically active and stuff, I definitely noticed the 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 extra pep in your step if you had a, you know, a, a Coca-Cola or something or something, a highly sugared kind of item with the part if it has caffeine too, you're going to be this revving to go kind of thing. I definitely noticed that, but I didn't notice anything that felt negative other than on occasion you'd kind of crash a little bit. Um, you know, your, your energy level will crash. I thought I'd be driving my car and crash. Um, but now that I've gotten a little bit older, and I got you know some some aches and pains that are related to that uh, youthful uh, exuberance for life. You know, my, my knees aren't what they should be. My lower back isn't what it should be. And if I have something with a lot of processed sugar and stuff like that, man, my knees ache more. My back hurts me more. Like there's more inflammation. And it's almost immediate, like almost immediate, like within a half hour. It's like, holy cow, I shouldn't have had that piece of cake. My knees are bothering me. So uh, how fastidious are you about it? Do you have a piece of cake ever? Either one of you? Uh, I really try to uh, moderate, you know, everything in moderation. And, um, you know, sometimes we'll go out and maybe have a small little piece of something, a little cake or a pie, but... During the week, I stay away from it. I just, I feel better. I sleep better. Um, it's just, it's, you know, we have grandkids. And I can tell when the grandkids were having all the cake and ice cream coming from a party or something. And then she's having to sleep over. And next thing you know, she's bouncing off the walls. Can't go to sleep. You know, the sugar. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really... Uh, there is a, a, a real noticeable difference. So we cut it completely out. We only allowed sugar on birthdays or Christmas or Resurrection Sunday. That's it. Otherwise, there was no sugar allowed. I grew up having a dessert with every meal. Every meal had said <laughs> yeah. dessert. And, in fact, most of the meals had sugar, especially if they're, they're packaged or pre-done. Mm -hmm. Now, my mom cooked everything. So, you know, lunch and dinner were really packed any cooked meals that didn't really have any sugar at all. But then we still always had a dessert. And, boy, if I didn't get a dessert, I was kind of cranky. I wanted my dessert. And, you know, <laughs> these days, I'm still addicted to sugar. I eat sugar a lot more than I should. But uh, we really restricted it for all of our kids. And as they graduated out of high school, we allowed them to have a little more and to be a little more in charge of their own health. And many of them really don't crave as much sugar. And this is a, a newer yeah, historically speaking, kind of an issue because we didn't have cane sugar all over the place or we certainly didn't have this, you know, corn syrup stuff that we do now. I remember when back when um, my daughter was really young, we were reading together through the uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder books. Yeah. And I forget which one of the stories it is, which one of the books, but in one of them, uh, there's a scene about Christmas and um, the Laura Ingalls character, she's so excited that she gets an apple. An apple. And then she wasn't eating it right away. And her mom asked her, like, Laura, aren't you going to eat your apple? Oh, I'm just savoring. I'm just waiting for the right moment. I, Because it was like that. To special. Have, it was special to have the sweetness of an apple, you know, in December, especially, right? Because apple season would have been over by a couple of months, I imagine, by that point. So it was now. You get an apple on Christmas. You might as well give them coal in their stocking, right? It's kind of... What are some of the biblical principles that help to tie this together from a Christian perspective? You, I'm sure you've had you've thought about these things. Uh, yeah, I mean, we hinted at it. I mean, we are supposed to do this. Is our body is a temple? The Holy Spirit is indwelling our body, and we need to take care of it. 
and uh, sugar and corn syrup are addictive properties. They change your behavior. They change you lose control of different functions of your body, and that's really what it comes down to. Well, also, I think since World War II, uh, processing food to make long storage and long transportation uh, to get it from point A to point B. So a lot of this chemical and a lot of the things that were uh, infused into the general food of population, because first it was given to the soldiers, and then somebody looked at it and said, oh, wow, look at this. We extend our shelf life uh, immensely, um, and then we can start a whole new supply chain and how to, you know, streamline it. And, uh, you know, so it makes you wonder with all the allergies, all the reactions, um, you know, all the signage everywhere, allergic to this, allergic to that. I think we're a product of, of what we've been consuming. Yeah, when I was a kid, nobody had a gluten allergy as no. far as I know. No. Now it seems like every family's got at least one in it. They can't right. handle gluten. It's like, what's going on? Well, apparently they've changed how they grow the wheat. They've got a particular blend of wheat now so that it grows, I guess, shorter uh, so that it's not as prone to, like, mildewing or something like that. It can be harvested faster. It can be harvested faster. And so there, anyway, there's something about that particular strain of wheat that's really good for mass production that it changes something about the head of the kernel or something. And it makes, like, the gluten more. Like, there's there's a, a higher concentration of gluten in the grain. And so we always had gluten, but it was, it was a smaller amount so we could handle it. And now it's such a, a bigger amount that we, ha- we have a hard time handling it. If you have a, one quick or two quick tips of how to make what would feel to most people like a blander, you know, uh, diet really pop and make the kids and everybody happy. What, what's, a, what's a tip that you guys have used, had success with? Uh, sourdough bread has really become quite a treat in our home. My wife started, you know, raising the sourdough, putting it out, letting it ferment, you know, and then the sourdough bread has really been a hit. Now, we have a milking cow, and so we make our own butter, and so to take that own butter and put it on there, and then you take the buttermilk from the butter, and then you have your pancakes, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you grind your own wheat. And I know eating at the Rasby's that you guys use uh, different kinds of toppings for, like, pancakes and, and things yeah, like we, that. We use fruit. So we blend frozen fruit and some fresh fruits together and make a fruit topping as opposed to maple syrup. And, uh, you know, we also do use xylitol instead of sugar. Xylitol it actually helps build up teeth, and but xylitol can have some side effects for some people. I don't think I've ever heard of that. How do you spell xylitol? X Y L I T O L. Okay. And actually, it's been shown in many studies to actually rebuild bone and teeth. Really? People that have had cavities, the cavities have popped out because really? the bone is filled in. Um, so it's been kind of really kind of neat. But in some in some cases, it does cause headaches in some people and migraines. So, but it's an all natural xylitol comes from the bark of uh, trees. And uh, but it doesn't, and it actually is diabetic friendly. So if you're diabetic, it does not raise your blood sugar at all. 
Huh. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely be looking into that. So my, my tip, by the way, because I want to contribute, my tip is go eat at Steve's house or uh, Imran's house. That's, <laughs> that's my tip for you. So uh, this has been the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Imran Razvi, Steve Yeager, I'm Troy Skinner. We're all um, uh, in, in pastoring roles at uh, area house churches. My church specifically is called Household of Faith in Christ. And we have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. You can check that out. Of course, you can go to wfmd.com and learn more about the Faith Debate. And uh, certainly you can go to uh, conqueredbylove.org and check out uh, the resources that are related to, to that ministry. And I got another tip for you. You need to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, but you are a marred image bearer of God, and you need a Savior more than you might even recognize. If you'd like to know more about what all that means, contact me. Get my contact information at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Till next week, God bless. <laughs>